Hello friends, welcome to Alive, a podcast where we talk about everything and help you live an optimum life. Okay, that was that was the weirdest introduction I've ever given. Yep. So, for this episode, we have a guest on our podcast. Yup, guys, we're finally growing. It's like, it's not just me recording in my room anymore. We're finally getting people on this podcast to talk. So, for this episode, I had an interview with my psychiatrist, Dr. Shwetang Bansal, who is one of the most renowned psychiatrists in Delhi. And he is just amazing. So, I sat down with him and we... Talked about depression, how is it different from sadness, uh, the stigma that is like, you know, existing in the society related to depression. Uh, we also talk about, uh, you know, changes that you can bring in your lifestyle to avoid depression and what exactly causes depression. So basically, we have a very candid and, you know, lighthearted conversation around depression but i really feel this would help you because this is the first time i have a professional on this podcast talking about depression i really hope you find this useful okay so today we're here with dr shwetang bansal who also happens to be my psychiatrist and we'll ask him certain questions and clear the air around depression so doctor my first question for you is what exactly is depression and how is it different from sadness hi everyone uh, well, to answer your question, uh, depression is a condition where there is uh, a lot of negativity in a person. It primarily centers around mood. It's a mood disorder. But aside from that, along with that, there are other changes in terms of biological functions. For example, you know, the sleep going awry, the appetite, uh, the pattern of appetite getting changed, tiredness being there, a lack of initiative, not wanting to do things, not being able to concentrate that well, not being able to hold on to memory that well. Aside from that, a lack of interest in things that you were previously interested in, not wanting to socialize, a tendency towards social isolation, for example. All of those things together, uh, you know, together they comprise depression. And that's where it's important to understand that, uh, that depression is different from sadness. And although often, you know, in common parlance, they are used interchangeably, uh, sadness is something that would be... Uh, changeable based on situations that are happening. It would be reactive to stimuli that are happening. Depression is not that reactive. Sadness is something that would be shorter in duration. Depression typically is that your mood is this way consistently over two weeks, over three weeks. It's just the same. It's not getting altered by what's happening around you. You're not that uh, conducive to responding to those stimuli so much. So that would be essentially the difference between the two. Okay. Also, I feel you sort of lose touch from reality when you enter depression. That does happen. It's kind of like wearing dark glasses. Yeah. And whatever you look at, whether it be the world, whether it be the future, whether it be inside of yourself, yeah. whatever you see is dark. Yeah. Okay, so my next question for you is, uh, what are the changes that exactly occur uh, in the brain of a person when he or she is diagnosed with depression? Uh, you mean that when a person has depression, has depression yeah. what are the changes that happen? What are the changes, yeah. Uh, there, is, there is the neurotransmitter theory, which is the pre- prevailing theory to explain uh, why mental illnesses happen in general. And depression in particular is said to center around three neurochemicals, serotonin, norepinephrine, and dopamine. In varying capacities in different people, 
each or all of these neurotransmitters may be getting affected. The levels of these transmitters in the brain circuits may get affected, which would downstream cause depression. Okay. So I think that is why most of the antidepressants, uh, they increase the receptors which are responsible for serotonin. Antidepressants, yes. They, yeah. they would actually, they uh, say, if you're talking about the SSRIs or the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, yeah. they basically work on uh, restricting the destruction of serotonin, thereby increasing the serotonin levels yeah. in, the, in the synapse. Um, but your question was what causes depression so uh, aside from the biological causes and in the biological causes this is the absolute end effect that we are seeing with the neurotransmitters right. but there are lots of things that are contributing upstream to it it could be other hormonal disturbances okay. for example in polycystic ovarian disease or PCOD which is very common in women these days okay. that's something that the hormonal changes in the estrogen and the progesterone can downstream cause depression Thyroid related problems are known to cause, known to contribute to depression. Okay. Likewise, vitamin D related issues can contribute to depression as well. So there are lot, lots of things, it's like a funnel, a lot of things coming down from you know above, lots of biological factors, which can together bring down the neurotransmitter levels, which later on causes depression. But aside from the biological segment, there are psychological factors in that an individual's thinking is a certain way that they are more depression prone. Yeah. Someone, say for example, they say that out of extroverts and introverts, introverts are more prone depression. towards depression as compared to extroverts. Not that extroverts can't get other things, they can, but you know, we all carry our own demons, yeah. it's like that. And uh, you know, the other segment, it's known as the sociological factor, the social factors which can be there, um, which can contribute to it. So it's no, that's known as the biopsychosocial model of depression. Okay. So if like I'm a person who right now is not depressed, is like not diagnosed with depression, so what changes can I bring in my own lifestyle so as to I make sure that I don't enter this phase? Essentially, if you're talking about the preventive factors, preventive factors, yes. and those preventive factors are the same factors that someone who is depressed and is undergoing treatment would still be encouraged to do okay. to expedite the process of recovery. Okay. So there, we we talk about lifestyle factors. For example, um, to be able to exercise regularly a certain amount of time every day, uh, to be able to have a healthy diet, okay. to be able to have regular evenly spaced meals, to be able to get enough sleep to be able to restrict your screen time to a specific level, to be able to have some time to reflect upon yourself uh, and to be you know, technology free during that time, you okay. know, no notifications, no beeps happening so that you can basically focus, reflect on yourself, looking at aligning your day with your eventual goals, okay. having a better work-life balance in short. Okay, okay. And so that brings me to my last question which is that there is a lot of rumor uh, around the basic concept of mental illness and even like right now we're approaching 2020 but still there is a lot of taboo that's thrown around the entire you know the term mental illness and uh, also can you throw some light on consumption of antidepressants sure uh, there are lots of myths about mental illness there are lots and lots of myths about the treatment for mental illness yeah. So the myth around mental illness is, is essentially because it's not something that's essentially diagnosable the way uh, typhoid uh, or malaria or uh, you know uh, other things would be in that okay. you can't get a report which says depression on it. Okay. MRIs won't pick it up, CT scans won't pick it up, blood tests won't pick it okay. up. So that tangibility of it isn't yeah. there. 
because of which it tends to assume a bit of a subjective nature right so it it comes down to oh you think you have depression oh you yeah. think you have anxiety is that sort of thing but to dispel that you know we have a clear cut set of guidelines uh, known as the icd uh, you know which is which is actually shaped by the world health organization okay. to be able to diagnose depression there are clear cut criteria and these criteria have been rigorously rigorously studied over years to see that they are reappearing over and over and over uh, consistent with the diagnosis of depression which when given a certain set of medicines does you know change the overall prognosis okay. so through that they've been able to come out with these uh, diagnostic criteria for depression anxiety and likewise okay. right as far as the myths surrounding uh, the treatment for mental illness or treatment for psychological problems is concerned there are primarily three myths that are there and these three myths have done so much damage that they they've essentially become barriers to treatment mm-hmm. for a lot of people yeah. myth number 1 is that the medicines once started will never stop okay. there will be lifelong treatment okay. myth number 2 is that the medicines are very very they carry very very serious like certain side effects yeah. and myth number 3 is that uh, the medicines are all going to be sleeping pills and you're going to be sleeping all through the day yeah. now where these myths come from i won't say that they've been born out of thin air uh, they come from a time where the medicines that were being used were not that sophisticated okay. when the medicine is not that sophisticated it is less likely to be that efficient and so it will take longer to treat the same thing okay. so something that is now treatable in 6 months may have required years of treatment earlier on okay. 20 30 years ago okay. so that's where the longevity of treatment or the lifelongness of treatment comes mm-hmm. in from okay a lot of the medicines that were used in the earlier times that were you know the, the initial medicines that came out yeah. were indeed sedating in nature and therefore the myth that they are all sleeping pills okay. comes from that point of time and as we have gone on with better r&d in manufacturing mm-hmm. medicines we've been able to isolate molecules we've been able to isolatedly hit certain molecules so as to reduce and remove a lot of the side effects so at this point of time when you're going in for say depression and you're going to, for a treatment for depression first of all if it's mild depression you may not be prescribed medications at all because psychotherapy would be the treatment of choice in that case okay. but when it's at a moderate to severe level medicines will be selected okay. let's say you are depressed but you don't have a sleep trouble at all there's mm-hmm. no sleeping problem at all you will not be prescribed something for sleep out this yeah. right so they're not all sleeping pills that that are prescribed it will okay. be something like an ssri which are usually the drugs of choice these days which would be started as an as your main antidepressant for the depression okay as far as the side effects are concerned side effects are usually there with any medicine that you take yeah. if you if you talk about a paracetamol commonly known as crocin yeah. if you talk about uh, digen even that can yeah. have side effects yeah. so the to take a medicine is to accept that there can be certain side effects yeah. now there the question arises that are these side effects serious or not okay. with most antidepressants the side effects are majorly inconveniences okay. which would get better with time they are usually like teething troubles which would be there for the first 2 3 weeks and they gradually get better Okay. most commonly such as feeling a little acidity gastritis yes. sometimes feeling a little nauseous sometimes you know feeling more thirsty than usual so it, these would be mostly like inconveniences rather than life threatening irreversible yeah. damaging sort of side effects yeah. those are usually not seen if at some point of time a medicine with a potentially serious side effect is started it is usually discussed with the client why is this medicine being started though we know that there is this possibility of side effect mm-hmm. so usually it is that no other medicine is working and only this one has a chance of working in that case it will be started after discussion with the client yeah. but usually such medicines are not used yeah. 
Okay. So one more thing, like I feel the problem in depression is that if you're a person who has been feeling lonely for a long time, that might put you into depression. And once you are depressed, there's a tendency to cut off people. So it is like uh, the disease that you have is uh, in itself fueling the things that caused it. So sometimes what happens, you're kind of stuck in a loop and it's like uh, there's a fire and like someone is just keep like someone just keeps on adding fuel to that yeah. and you feel controlled. Yeah. Like, yeah. You just feel you cannot do anything about the situation. That, that's actually a very, very good observation uh, and it's well known that depression begets depression. Yeah. In when you are depressed, your mind, the sort of the sort of thoughts it manufactures, tend to help it replicate even more. Yeah. So, like you absolutely rightly said, that a person who's depressed would be more likely to be socially isolated, thereby getting more depressed. More depressed. Yeah. A person who's depressed will be more likely to not do the things that would interest them, thereby being more, more depressed. depressed. Yeah. So those are those these thoughts that that tell you that don't interact, don't go for, for that party, don't watch that show. Don't go out, you know, your favorite band is in town, don't go out and watch it, what's the point? Yeah. So there will be those discouraging thoughts that are there. These are known as negative automatic thoughts. Okay. These are thoughts that actually end up increasing depression. Yeah. So one of the core therapeutic principles, psychotherapeutic principles in depression is to not give in to these. Yeah. Is to be able to challenge them, is to be able to understand that yes, these thoughts are arising from my mind, but these are not my thoughts. Yeah. These are thoughts that are being fueled by the depression. So I have to try not convert these thoughts into action. Yeah. And that is the basis for CBT in depression. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I think that was it for this episode and thanks a lot for your time. Most welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you. So that was my interview with Dr. Shwetang Bansal. I hope that was useful. And if you want to know more about what he does, you can go to his website. That's www.bettermementalhealth.com I will be linking that in the description down below and also you know while having a candid conversation with him after recording the podcast so basically we were talking about raising awareness you know around mental health so he said that uh, right now we need all hands on board and now more than ever because there are only like 5,000 registered psychiatrists you know all over india so basically we just have 5000 doctors to treat the entire population of the country and still somehow uh, most of the population is turning a blind eye towards this issue and it's something people are still not wanting to address so this is the time like when we actually need to raise a lot of awareness because mental health the problem of mental health is something that is existing in the society people are going through it but people are just afraid to talk about it and to address the problem so for this i really need your help and i really need you guys to share this podcast with everyone with your friends with your family for you sharing this might not be that big of a thing but you just don't know who you might end up helping and to increase the promotion of this podcast i had two options either i could go for paid promotions or i could ask you guys to share it so i've decided to keep the promotion organic which means that i came up with a strategy so every time you share my podcast on instagram and you tag me i am at giant underscore varma 
So every time you tag me and every time I get a story mention, what I'm going to do is that I'm going to donate 10 rupees to a charity that supports mental health. So basically it's a win-win because every time you share, I reach out to more people and every time you share, you're basically donating 10 rupees to a charity that supports the cause. So that is the plan I came up with. I will be sharing this on Instagram as well. So please share this with your friends, your family and anyone you think who needs this. And whenever you share, do mention me because that is the only way I get to know that you have mentioned me in your story. And every time you do that, 10 rupees would be going to a charity that supports mental health. I will be talking more about the charity on my Instagram. So do check that out. And that was this. That was all for this episode. I will catch you in the next one. And we have got some amazing interviews lined up for the month of December. So please keep coming back to this podcast. And that's a wrap. Peace out.